Experiences from within the community. Assisting each other through awareness of embodiment. Examples created to showcase a foundation of living from soul. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Today we're doing a foundations episode on how over dissection blocks our ascension. And we have the two top analytical thinkers in the game here. <laughs> We've got Scott and Carly. And um, today they're really just going to break down how their thought process has, you know, affected them during the Ascension journey, how it's helped them, um, blocks that they've overcome. And then they're kind of going to break it down because me and Coco are not in this way of being, but it's great to have contrast and yeah, understand it from a different lens. I'm laughing because I'm like, who can we have intro us the least out of the Literally. <laughs> Well, that's true. You girls do tend to come from uh, more of a feeling standpoint of view where lots of, a few of us, a majority of us, some of us come from more of like an analytical thinking point of view. Mm-hmm. But how can we still move forward on our on our journey on becoming like the best versions of us? Yeah. And I find it so fascinating too, because obviously everybody has different ways of operating, right? And you guys really... We were having conversations before, and I'm fucking mind blown because I'm like, I don't understand. She's tired. She's already. She's I'm wiped, you guys. I'm wiped. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I just, it's so fascinating to me how you guys see things and live and operate, and how you manage a spin and all the different things that come with that. So yeah, and you know, not one way is easier or harder on your no. ascension. But I would very strongly stand behind that there are extra layers to it when mm-hmm. you are so analytical mm-hmm. or so just cause and effect in your thinking, which ultimately is ego, mm-hmm. but it's very much ingrained more, I would say, in some people than others. Mm-hmm. So can you explain a day in the life as a fucking analytical thinker? <laughs> Let the people know. <laughs> well, I feel like half of them already know because it's them, but we'll break it down. Um, yeah. Explain for people who come from feeling-based who, you know, maybe have a partner who's more analytical or a friend who's more analytical. Well, and you were saying too, like, well, why? Why are you guys like that? And it's like, (laughs) well, why are you like the way you are, right? Mm -hmm. It just is. It's not better or worse. It just is and it's just different. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do here is very much just help everyone understand both sides. And so today we're focusing on the analytical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not much to go off of there. So let's start off. <laughs> I'm laughing because we, when we were talking about doing this podcast, they were like, "Yeah, so you and Scott." And I was like, "Do you want 20 minutes of dead air in between talking, or like, what Just do you want?" Random inspiration. Pause. 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 <laughs> metaphor. Pause. 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 Metaphor. <laughs> so, like a random, so a good day of things that would happen would be like this because we'll use me because I know. We've kind of talked about this on the Soul Rehab podcast that we do. Is right now I have a plant energy that grows inside me, and one of the things that happens is, is I'll get like gassy and I'll burp. Okay, so what's really interesting about that is the situations where I do get gassy and burp. Obviously, I am pinged. You know that that plant energy is trying to come over and consume me. And he has an implant that he pushes when that sensation yeah. comes up. Yeah. So I have an implant that I push when that sensation comes up as a kind of a counter defense to the plant trying to grow. But so from an analytical, logical point of view, I can dismiss it. Mm -hmm. 
So what I mean by dismiss it is like, oh, well, the reason why I'm burpy and I'm gassy is because I had had a carbonated beverage. I had a pop. I had a bubbly. I had something mm-hmm. with bubbles in it. So that's what's giving me the gas, not the plant that's consuming me. It's the pop. Yeah, and I, and that's very much how you live your life until you start this journey of your awakening or ascension. Mm-hmm. Is everything is cause and effect. What you see is how it is. So, of course, you're burping because you have the pop. Mm-hmm. That, and that's where your feeling and thought process would stop if you are unconscious. So I had said to them before, you really need validity on your ascension yeah. journey in mm-hmm. order to trust in the unknown. So with a pop sensation or the, the gassy sensation from the pop, if that's where you would stop, no, as a more conscious being, you realize time doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. That you were traveling through time and you actually had to set up getting that pop so that way you could have that sensation mm-hmm. when you were being consumed by plant energy to cause that burp. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it works. You have to have that pop in order to cause the gas to give you the physical sensation of, hey, you're being wounded right now and you're coming from this wounded place. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're still living in this three-dimensional world. And so for in order for things to happen, there's got to be a setup, but it's, it's going beyond just the physical as the reason why. But I have to say, this will also create a spin for people. Because then what will often happen is they then need, they feel the need to dig into everything and everything has this massive meaning. So your bird's eye view is under like a microscope essentially. Yeah, we're we're constantly observing. Yeah. So, so when you're coming from feeling, so I'll use Coco and me as an example, we see the bird's eye view, everything's playing out like the game board, but you guys have a microscope where you're hyper-focused on the smaller minute details. Yeah. We're seeing the mouse like run through the field of grass. Right. Where we're just like, look at this beautiful field. Holy fuck. There's a building here. There's people driving. Like, yeah. You know, when you watch those, like, um, on Netflix, what's it called? Like planet earth. Yes. And they like start the microcosm, like this is earth. And then they zoom in into like the Sahara and then they zoom into the field and they zoom into the grass and they zoom into the microcosms on the grass. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the microcosms on the grass. We start up high, Mm -hmm. but until we're stopped basically on that zoom in process, we keep going. Right. And that's how a lot of people tend to operate is they're trying to look for that and they get caught up in that Mm -hmm. cause and effect all the time. Mm -hmm. But at some point in time, we always have to go back to to the feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because operating that way when you're not in feeling is just ego. Well, and that's the spin. Yes. When you don't take a second to think about the fancy, listen to that language, to feel the feeling, mm-hmm. you're going to get into that secondary spin of then having to understand everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're trying to understand it and, ha- and and rationalize it in some sort of way that makes sense. Which is fucking exhausting. Which is exhausting, <laughs> yeah. which is why everyone hears so many like metaphors. Right. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Think of it this way. And I mean, we're both, me and Carly are both robot energy, but maybe this works well with other people, especially if the people who use a lot of metaphors or know someone who uses a lot of metaphors. Mm-hmm. Like you have like a watch and you take that watch apart and you're just upgrading the physical attributes of the watch. You're replacing one gear with another gear that just meshes a little bit better. And then the watch works again. And then yeah. the, the watch was still working before that, but now it just works a little bit more efficiently. Right? It runs <laughs> like a little bit using, smoother. You're using a higher octane gas yeah. versus... You right. know, using 91 versus 89. Yeah, like I wish I wish this is video <laughs> so you guys can see my fucking face right now. <laughs> so, so it can be a lot. 
but it's just it's just interesting and that's how that's how we operate Mm -hmm. i mean i've known coco for a long time and me and her are very much different in how we go through life Mm -hmm. she's very much a creative where i'm very much not a creative Mm -hmm. and it has caused friction and it has also caused like a world of entertainment for me (laughs) because i'm kind of aware of my like ocdness yeah so I always kind of will laugh and chuckle because like there's, I'm aware that what she's doing, there's no way in hell I would ever do it that way. Right. And and, that, and if I were to start saying something to her and come at her because that's how I would do it, mm-hmm. if she wasn't who she was or wasn't aware of like who she was, I was being a creative, she could get defensive and then I would get you know, and then we start fighting with each other because we're just wound fiending wound because I'm just trying to control it and she's just trying to be herself. Right. So we get into like that cycle and we wind up fighting over nothing. And so circling back to that comment you made where you, the way you operate is quote unquote more OCD. So I really want you guys to talk about the control aspect that comes from this way of being. Right. And so oh, how, yeah. okay. how easy it is for you guys to slip into control and how how you have to unpack that yeah. as you begin to, you know, remember more of who you are and get on this, so on, get on blueprint if, and all the If you things. and Coco are more like, like a very much like a, like a wavelength, you guys are going up and down, oscillating up and down. Fluid. Fluid. That's where you guys are very comfortable. For people like me and Carly, we're comfortable when that line is flat. Mm-hmm. The sensation or the bump in the line is what causes frustration. So pain. Not, um, so, so no, no for, not, not, not that you guys feel the pain, but for example, you're living on your flat line of comfort yeah. and a spike would be a moment of pain or discomfort. Right? Or just like or, something, or like, something, something's out of order. Okay. Yeah, like it could also be like super exciting. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just, but then our response to that is going to be like, <laughs> we always laugh because it's like, you never get excited. I do, but it needs to be something that's really, really exciting mm-hmm. to really get me going, if okay. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, the- what's really, really exciting? Oh, I don't know. I can't tell you until it happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, like, but what it is, is like, then what happens, and I can speak for myself, I don't know about Scott, but then mm-hmm. I experience like immense amount of joy or immense amount of ex- excitement. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Like, I'm happy for you and that's great, but I'm not going to go crazy. But if it's something that's truly impactful, then it's like, then you'll get the reaction, but you're going to get a reaction. So on a day-to-day, it's more, it's controlled responses, essentially. Do you know what well, I mean? Well, yeah. So I understand where you're coming from with the control in the sense that it's not extreme, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm not controlling my response. No, of course. Yes. So it's still like, I'm still it's feeling. I'm still feeling, but I'm feeling within my box. Mm-hmm. But that box, I'm not consciously creating Mm -hmm. it's within the programming and I don't want that to sound like a victim or an excuse for it Mm -hmm. but that is just my default programming that I go to but that's what you unpack anyway exactly and that's what is part of your layers to then expand out and that's what we're really trying to do Mm -hmm. is learn how to have and handle those peaks and valleys and reset the program so we and and reset but the pro. Be okay with it not being reset. Right. Yeah, and right? to be okay with the, with the peaks and the valleys because yes. where you and Coco very much would like hike up the side of the mountain, down the side of the mountain, into the valley, and hike back up, and you guys are okay with that. We're tunneling through the mountain yes. and only deviating from the path when necessary. Where we need to be more okay with that rise and with that fall and be comfortable with that. And that requires feeling and that requires trust. And that requires 
less ego control. And yes, less and what e- I was going to say too is that control that you guys are talking about, mm-hmm. we've already planned the route to go through from the most efficient way. Mm-hmm. So that's why when we deviate from that, we're like, well, you're an idiot. Why would you do that? This is the best way. Right. We've already done all of our research. We already know that this is the path. Because it's calculated. Calculated. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of pre-planning in life unconsciously that happens. And that's why when we deviate from that plan, mm-hmm. we get a little like, mm. and plan is that kind of flat line life so can you guys explain how this over dissection has blocked parts of your ascension before well you're just not allowing yourself to feel right i mean we were talking about this is there's a big difference between how i process things Mm -hmm. as a middle-aged male versus how carly processes things as a underage female oh thank you so much so young 21 year old carly yeah Right, and that's because you've grown up, and you've kind of, as a girl, you're allowed to have and you're able to express those emotions, yes. even if you were very much very controlled and with them. And different upbringings and, and so many circumstances yeah, to factor. Yeah, so it's just in, yeah. kind of like the like the gender the gender roles thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I know with me, it's very hard to allow myself to really feel those things. Mm-hmm. Right. So so the shift from thinking to feeling. Yeah. essentially for you scott though do you think do you feel that you don't feel or that you just don't express the feeling because for me very much what it is is i am i feel mm-hmm. but i choose to express um mm. let's see i i feel and i will express the emotions that i am comfortable with yeah you're, you're yeah you're choosing i yeah. I'm, I'm choosing because like yesterday i was watching a television show and it was super, super sad. And I could feel tears yes. coming up into Same. my eyes. Uh-huh. And I really, I had to thought, think to myself, and I, I don't think my initial, my initial reaction was to try and shut it off. Yep. And then I really allowed myself to like, no, like this is like super, this is like super sad. Mm-hmm. And I mean. Impactful. It was impactful. And I had to allow myself to cry and be okay with it. So yeah. would have old Scott shut the emotion down? Oh, for like, sure. No, nope, we're not going here. Well, Carly, yeah, you, you look like an idiot sitting here by yourself on your couch crying. Who does that? Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, if yeah, there had been other people sense. in the room, I might have probably tried to keep it down a little bit more. But because I, I <laughs> but because I was very much in the room by myself versus coming from feeling, you'll sob anywhere. You don't care who sees, who knows, whatever, because you're you're engulfed in that emotion. I don't, yeah, we don't. Well, that's just, that's like the, that's the release of the control. Yes. So it's not, it's not the lack of feeling or the release of. Or, no, sorry, but I mean just, like the operating from like ego thinking versus yes. soul feeling. The, the, the control, contrast. the ego yes. control versus not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so easy. you talk about like that out of controlness, the out of controlness is scary. The last time I yeah. was out of control feeling, mm-hmm. I was destroying my house and committing suicide. Yeah. So it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I was feeling something at all Mm -hmm. because I shut down everything Mm -hmm. because everything was so scary. Right. Because what if I felt something and then I couldn't control it and I got out of control and bad stuff happened again. Right. And I feel like that's ultimately what it comes down for a lot of people too is just that like, what if this is the time that I lose all control? Mm Mm-hmm. What if I lose control and I can't bring it back? What if I lose control so bad that I can't get back under control? And does that fear stem from past experience or is it a what if? For me, very much from past experience. Um, For me, I am very like grateful that I've had a honestly a very easy life Mm -hmm. for me it was how I was raised by my dad in particular 
um, and the control that he had over the family just mm-hmm. was inbred in me. And this is how you live. This is how it is. And so very Prim, proper. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, so I never yes. had any major like life experiences like Scott did mm-hmm. um, around control, but it was just my life was controlled. Mm-hmm. And so then when you are on your own, you just assume that that's how life is. For sure. Because you're a product of your environment. Right. And then, you know, because both of you have really taken your past and not allowed yourself to be victim to that because that's a big thing is people will say oh I've had this experience or I have this programming and whatever and they'll make excuses for their behavior and not changing Mm -hmm. it right and both of you have not done that you're working on unpacking that and moving forward and you know Mm -hmm. finding new ways of operating so I want to go back to energy signatures because um you know, both of you are obviously robots and I know that it's really easy in this community to take your energy signature and fall victim to it, right? For any of them. For anything, yeah. yeah. But instead, your energy signature is here to really help you, you know, make sense of who you are and what sustains you and what breathes life into your body and your vibration and all the different things. So after understanding that and understanding the way you guys operate, how have you, you know, you found that that has supported you? Well, so... If we're if we're a robot signature, what is uncomfortable for us? Because that's where we constantly say, mm-hmm. "What do you have to do?" Yeah, if you're you need to do something that makes you uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. what makes you uncomfortable is for a robot, for me, feeling those things, yes, and really trying to like to feel stuff. You're like Wally with the love movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's cute. <laughs> right, and that's that's yeah. really what we what we what we try to do that's kind of like what Ren's purpose is here for mm-hmm. is he's that comfortable place where I can express myself mm-hmm. so one of the times when I get into like plant or I get down is because I can't get that re- reciprocation effect from other people mm-hmm. so I have to almost talk to myself and be like that's not how they feel it's how just because they're not showing it doesn't mean they don't feel it right Right, so that's a conversation I have to have in my head to reassure myself mm-hmm. to keep myself from going into like a plant. Yeah, it's scenario. a slippery slope for it a is. victim because yeah. obviously you knew if you asked anyone, if you asked Coco, you know, yeah. do you love me? She'd be like, yeah, of course, yeah, and, like, and give you un- unlimited love. But, but that would be almost like the easy way out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if I ask her, yes, because. I know she does. Right. So I don't have to ask her. I just have to remind myself yes. that yes, she does. Yes. Yes, yeah. it's great to hear it from her, mm-hmm. but I can't rely on that handicap all the time. I have to do that work and be like, well, it can't okay, be an external thing. It can't be an external yeah. thing. I have to start doing the work internal. Yes. Well, and also, I, it's really interesting. I can speak for myself, but it's like when I'm in a spin about something or I'm down about something and I already know the answer to how to get out or I know why it's going on, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting in that, it's almost, it's it's worse. Mm-hmm. So with the like, you already know she loves you. So yeah, you're not going to ask her because you already know. And then you kind of beat yourself up for even going there and thinking otherwise. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, that's kind of my thought process. So if I'm like in a spin, because I've done work already, I, I'm always aware that I'm in a spin. Mm-hmm. And that's almost like 
the the cherry on top is like you already know so now you have no one to blame but yourself Carly so mm-hmm. now like why are you being this way and you just get in this vicious circle For sure. but I was giggling before when you guys started this little segment because it, we were talking about energy signatures and as a robot inherently it's like what do we want we want knowledge and we want control and <laughs> what it's it's just so funny because the signature gives you that it gives you the why and as a robot we always want the why but then we get it and then it's not good enough it's like this vicious like circle. I was just giggling because it's like, here's your, if you need some analytical proof as to how this is going to go for you, here it is. It's called your energy signature and we get it and then we fall victim to it. Yeah. It's a because, because we can't feel it. Yes. <laughs> it's not something we can quantify, rationalize and like file away into a folder. Well, because you guys a, need validity. We, we need validity, but yeah. you have yeah. to learn how to lead into it. And as people, it's getting comfortable with that feeling and noticing that feeling. Well, it's jumping off the cliff and landing in the water and not sitting there and being like, I wonder if there's a fish in the water. I wonder if there's a shark that's going to show up in the water. I wonder if there's going to be seaweed when I... How deep is the water? How deep is the water? I wonder if this water... How long has this water been here for? Right? It's just jumping. Yeah. And trusting that you're you're going to be That you're going to be okay. That you're going to be fine. But you have to like lean into that feeling. And I know when I first started really talking about things... We got into um, flexing is what I always used to call it was you had to do the small flexes in order to get to the big flex. So how can you make yourself slightly uncomfortable to make you out of your out of your wavelength? Right. So you're kind of like, well, it's a little bit out of my comfort zone. And then you get a little bit more comfortable with that. And Mm -hmm. then you get a little bit more uncomfortable and you expand that circle. So that way you keep you rehearse it. Yeah. And I want to talk about this, too, because. Obviously, Coco and I both work a lot on the physical body. And I find that a lot of people who are in this more analytical thinking, they have a hard time surrendering to the information that comes up or the pain that comes up or the sensation that comes up because they need to know the why. Yeah. Yeah, no, I for, like from hearing the stories in the community and whatnot, I definitely mm-hmm. can, like, I, I see that. But I don't know. With me, I feel like if I'm getting, if I get something, mm-hmm. it very much will click. But it could also be kind of where I'm at in the journey. So, so like, so think about Carly, like beginning phase or yeah, Scott. I, okay, I so I always just what Coco said, I took and I did. And so see, that's that's something that I exactly that's something that I always did too. Because I remember being told whenever I was having uh, something was affecting me from my past, like my sexual abuse in the past, my knee ached. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now rationally like i can't explain that Mm -hmm. to like how that would work especially back then yeah but your neck scott that was a great what was the great one like that when you hurt your neck yeah back flipping right okay trust and surrender it took for you yeah so like okay that's kind of where i was going it's like okay so i don't i can't understand it but i'm gonna do it anyways because i know there is i i want the relief i want something better mm-hmm. i know there's something better i can't see it mm-hmm. and if you know what i've tried a lot of everything else why not try this so did it and put commit your mind to at it. ease hearing that from people you trust um what do you mean so like i'm just trying to understand this way of thinking so like obviously you know you hurt your neck you go to the physio you go to Cairo. nothing seems to work you're frustrated you keep going and going and going right mm-hmm. but you hurt your neck and you came to coco and i you surrendered to the fact that it was energy and you had designed it that way and for your thinking brain 
would you have normally thought or dissected that information or did you find that it was easier for you to take it and you know accept it because of the mouths that it was coming from does that make sense yeah no I understand what you're what you're saying 100% and this is obviously a question for Scott but for me like I, I don't really have words. Yeah. I have always just whatever you and Coco, and Coco in the beginning, what she would say to me, mm-hmm. I kind of just chuck it and ran with it. And that could also be because of what my purpose is, is mm-hmm. I just, you trust I me. just listen. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I okay, just, so, just coming to so me when I, I don't think this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a bad habit of being born a man. I don't know if it's a bad habit. <laughs> But like, bad <laughs> well, coming at it from a male perspective, we don't go to the hospital for fuck all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, you really. Love, you guys love and learn through pain. Yeah. So, like, I know when we first got together, I've got, like, I can remember, like, there was a two foot thick icicle that was hanging from a building. And so I. Canadian of you. <laughs> I think I slapped it or something like that to try and break it. I wound up cutting my hand. And I probably just would have gone home and put stitches into it myself. Like that doesn't bother me at all. Like I'm not, I don't need to go to the hospital, put stitches. Okay, but that was obviously when you were unconscious. Yeah, so that's just an example of kind of how this works. So just, you you have to let me build with it here. Okay, here we go. So because I would go to, I I wouldn't go to the hospital for like a lot of that stuff. Why bother? Right. It'll just go over it. I remember getting sick when I was working the rigs, lost the sound of my voice, lost the ability to cough, which is kind of super scary. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck it. I just need to like get on my holidays and then I'll be fine. Okay. And then once so you get on push holiday, through, push, push through, through, push through, push through. I don't yeah. need to go to the fucking doctors for anything. Mm-hmm. And then, so when we get to like, uh, when I hurt my neck and I heard it crack, my first reaction is like, no, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I lied there on the trampoline for a bit and like wiggled my fingers and toes. I'm like, okay, everything's Not still paralyzed. good. Not paralyzed. Not yeah. paralyzed. Everything's good. And kind of rolled things around. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up, see how things work. Yeah. So my normal reaction is like, yeah, be a fucking dumbass and try and be your hero and do it all myself. Yeah. Push through. Push through. And I don't... Which is the human of you. Which is, the hu- which is the human of me, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, push through. You're fine. Like you don't need to be a sissy and call someone to come pick you up. Mm-hmm. That's old programming. So what did I do? I called someone to come pick me up. Yes. Did I get teased about it from the guys there? Yes, because I should have just drove home. I'm like, I can't even turn my fucking neck. Well, and everyone how working spo- there is human. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. So- how am I supposed to, like, I can't drive down the road if I can't turn my neck. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Where before I would have pushed for that because I don't want to have people to worry about me. Right. Because one of Coco's layers is I'm going to get hurt and I'm going to die. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Yes. But it feeds, it fit, fed into that. Yeah. So the next day I wake up, mm-hmm. you know, and my neck is still sore. So what does dumbass me want to go do? We should watch videos of people breaking their neck, backflipping. Which is the human and ego going fucking. Oh my out god! I want partners in pain. Yes. I, I like, and then I'm like, I cannot. You are looking for validity. I was have lo- the pain. Yes, I was looking for validity that I had broken my fucking neck. That <laughs> I should. Pro- like, oh my I god! Can't. Right? Like I wanted. <laughs> be like okay i've broken my fucking neck and you should go to the hospital because i've broken my neck look at all these other people on the fucking internet that have oh, broken they their found fucking the same neck. way i'm fucked yeah they neck found broken, the same- done done so uh-huh. i literally had to be like you know what i am scaring the shit out of myself doing this turn it off and then i just lied there for, or i sat there for a bit and then i think the coco and you had come over and decided to do it and then the imagery you guys gave me mm-hmm of a glitch 
mid backflip made sense. Mm -hmm. So the reason why that makes sense as a glitch is because I knew where I was and what I was kind of doing because I'm very present in my life and now. And you felt it. And I felt it. And when I could watch the video, you can see it. Mm-hmm. Well, you were on the trajectory in that video of doing your backflip. And then yeah. it literally was a glitch. So that's kind of, so literally. again, it makes sense if I allow it to make sense. Mm-hmm. So then my question is from feeling, why don't you just allow shit to make sense, you guys? Well, that is the goal of right. doing the work. Right. Because it, right? it still has to somehow line up with the with the with the real world somehow right so when i when i watch the backflip video and i can see the glitch i know everything leading up to that moment previously we previously before that it all accumulates like yes that makes sense that a glitch happened because i was pushing too hard so you had the a you had the b and then hearing this the glitch information gave you c yeah. well no no i well, had i had the c which is that the I, had, outcome. I had the outcome, had the yes. outcome right you so I, I had i had c just wait i had c and d so i had the result and then i had the information of the glitch then that equaled the c b a of everything that led up to it so i was given the answer and then i was able to work backwards to make sense and so, rationalize it. <laughs> Alexia right now is like hitting the other shoulder like, being like, dude, I not comprehendo. Okay, so basically what um, Scott is explaining here though is the process of how someone with an analytical mind can begin to trust. Mm-hmm. So what you are asking is why don't you guys just trust on the feeling? Well, that is, that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. So when you are a very analytical person, what you'll often find is your layers that you're working through, through your ascension, will always come back to that theme, either to control, to trust, to non-analytical, basically the opposite of everything you've ever known. Mm-hmm. So what Scott's explaining is as you're on the journey, as you're on your ascension, when these things take place, this is how someone with a very analytical mind can quote unquote rationalize it to give themselves the quote unquote proof to start trusting the feeling. Okay. So the goal is to not necessarily always be like that Mm -hmm. is to help you reverse that because often what I feel is that people that are very analytical, we fall victim to the like, well, this just doesn't make sense. This Mm -hmm. just doesn't make sense. And so this process that Scott's explaining is how you train yourself to then allow for just the feeling to be your state of being so we are we are doing that though right so maybe it's a whole nother episode but what it is is like remember we talked about um you and coco have a screen yes and you guys base everything off your screen Mm -hmm. and you guys asked me if i had a screen i'm like i don't know i have a feeling i've lived off that feeling Mm -hmm. all my life so like if something bad was going to happen, like I know we can go back to rigging because rigging is a very dangerous environment. I could be doing whatever I was doing and all of a sudden I would just like pull my hand out of something as someone was initiating the gears. And if I hadn't trusted that feeling, I would have lost fingers or my hands or got hurt. So that's how I've like learned to trust that feeling sensation all my life. So then, so right now, then is your guys's work to let go of that the analytical programming in order to operate just from the feeling, or how does that work? Probably try to minimize the analytical programming, right. try and operate more from that feeling. Because, like, Carly, have you had instances like where you're like, oh yeah, like I've gone operated from a feeling standpoint that you're maybe not even like aware of? 
Yeah, so I'm kind of interesting. I feel like I'm a hybrid of Scott, Coco, and Alexia because I do have a screen. So how it would show up for me is like I would see something in my mind mm -hmm. or I would tell myself that I would think of something and then it would happen in front of me. Mm -hmm. So I started to live off that where like if I thought something was going to happen and like listen to that language, when I thought something was going to happen, I would just base it off that. Mm -hmm. So I guess I was also operating from the feeling and not knowing and masking it as I had a thought. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um so it's like, yeah, it's just interesting. I, I, but what the thing is, is what my screen would do is it was offering the validity. So then when things would happen the way that I saw it, that was building trust in myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like I always can go back to like when I was reading comic books and fantasy novels, you know, I always wanted to grow up to be special. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like, oh, you know, we always kind of laugh and joke about it. It's like, oh, I just seen that cat. I just had like, you know, double take or what's deja it called vu. deja vu right mm -hmm. oh cool the matrix is resetting so i can kind of laugh about it but it's kind of like i'm also aware of that feeling mm -hmm. right so not only am i thinking about it i'm also pulled back enough from my body and present mm -hmm. that i am able to recognize that feeling and then the the more i recognize that feeling the more yes. I can kind of keep I've working had, yes. with it and keep trusting that feeling to keep moving forward. So in those moments, you guys are light and not human. Yeah. Well, it's, I can even like go back. This is a distinct, one of my probably earliest memories of being a kid is I entered a coloring contest. And when I submitted it, I knew I was going to win. Like I felt, I was like, no, I'm going to win. It was a Toy Story VHS. When Toy Story first came out, I'm dating myself. Look at that. I think it's like, 20 years ago, that release date. I think, I think you're... Uh, anyway. Grounded. Anyway. <laughs> Toy Story VHS released. And I, was, I submitted it. And I said, said to my mom, she even remembers this. Like, I'm going to win, mom. And yeah, two days later, my freaking name. It was a coloring contest, but your name got put in a draw, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, sure enough, I won. And I knew it. And I've had instances like that through my life where like I just knew. Mm -hmm. Like, I just knew that if I like turned this corner, I'd see someone. Or if I just did this instead of that I would have the outcome that I wanted or like you like apply for a job and you're like I don't care how many applicants I just know I'm getting it and it's interesting because those moments are when that analytical brain is off more yeah but we can justify it still yes that's yeah. the amazing thing so I can still justify so why, why yes. so you have to be aware of the analytical but you have to almost be pulled back enough to be aware of the feeling that your body's having that supports the analytical. Well, you can be aware of the analytical, but you're not victim to it. And it's not an yeah. excuse on your ascension yeah. either. Yeah, that's a really good point. And the analytical, I would say, are the tools to then the, the outcome of the feeling. Mm -hmm. So like we need to be aware of the analytical as to this is why it's why so like these steps have taken place in the sequential order mm -hmm. but the reason that these steps took place in a sequential order is a bigger picture, picture. right it's not the human factor yes. it's still you have your way of operating in your thought processes but you still are surrendering to the fact that you are a light in a human body yes. yeah not the other way around yeah so we just have to learn to trust more yes mm -hmm. so input comments for people who are like you guys <laughs> that are really struggling on their ascension right now and their journey because they're over dissecting every piece of information so they go into a session they get a piece of information they get stuck on it and creates a spin for them what can you guys you know share with them to really help them move up and out of that i would say i mean even the, the answer is probably going to come off very like analytical <laughs> and logical you got to treat it like like a scientist asking questions. Mm -hmm. 
But you have to be okay with just like... Questioning the work is the work. Questioning the work is the work. But you have to be okay if the answer is maybe a little bit weird or there's not an answer at all. Yes. And sometimes if that answer is a feeling Mm -hmm. and just learning how to do that, being like, okay, so like this kind of happened. Okay, why did this happen? Well, it's because, you know, like I woke up late and blah, blah, blah. And then, but you kind of get like almost like behind that. Mm -hmm. So what are you feeling when you're late? You know what I mean? It's not just like the surface area. Why are you late? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what we what we talked about early on in this podcast, we were talking about there's like a box mm-hmm. and you're like comfortable within your box. Mm-hmm. For me, what's really helped me is visualizing that box literally just expanding. So at first, when you really don't want to make change, you really still want control. A little trick is to visualize that box of what you're comfortable with and just move it out a centimeter mm-hmm. each day. Move it out, move it out, because then you're kind of tricking your ego mind that things that are happening are still happening within your control, even though they're not, mm-hmm. but it's because it's in your box. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So and it's, it's still just, new. It's still new. So it's just kind of being open to expanding that box of your control. Mm-hmm. And a byproduct of that is like, you're going to work through your layers and the control will get less. It'll still be there, but it's how you then respond to it that will be different. Mm-hmm. So like, even like, for example, now it's like something, someone will say something, I'll be pinged. But in that moment, I'm like, pinged, boom, doesn't matter, moving on. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it'd be ping and then it would, it would affect my behavior. It would affect the relationships. It was just like this cause and effect because Create a spin. my box was too small. Mm-hmm. That sounded really funny, but you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, but but your box was creating suffocation for yes. you because yes. you. Do you want a shoebox or do you want a freaking shipping container? Like you pick. What yeah. Are, what are you good with? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and it's just that small, small flexibility of being uncomfortable. Flexibility yes. of being uncomfortable. That's good, Scott. And yeah. uncomfortability is the key. Yeah. Right. Especially because for you, you guys. If because you, if you want to change, you mm-hmm. have to be slightly uncomfortable. And you have to be okay with being that uncomfortable. Well, you can't have the old while you're creating the new. Yeah. Something's got to give. But just don't throw yourself so far into the deep end mm-hmm. that you're going to just like, this doesn't fucking work and start and just pull back into your box. Well, yeah. And then be victim to that. Yeah. You know, oh, I tried this. Exactly. Well, yeah. You tried that, but it's like, it's like a crash diet where you don't eat any food for 36 hours. Mm-hmm. You got to work you have to work up to something like that so it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And too many people want to just like, okay, fuck it, I quit my job. I broke up with my girlfriend. I moved out. I'm living in a fucking van down by the river. Things have to change now. Yes. yes. Yeah. But it doesn't. Things have to make little changes. Mm-hmm. Little changes add up. Little, yeah, little changes create big momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the like- more comfortable you get with those little changes, sometimes you'll have a big change because of those little changes. It's like a step, step, step. Catapult. Yeah. 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 Right? And just be aware and a lot more, allow the process to happen and stop trying to control the Mm -hmm. process. Well, and something that we always talk about too is oftentimes everything is going to be happening in quantum before physical. Mm -hmm. And so you can have a fantastic session or you can make these big changes in your life and it's instant in, qu- in quantum, yes. Mm-hmm. So when you have a session and Coco's like, it's gone, or Alexia's like, that density has been removed. Okay, yeah, in quantum, but now it's up to you to take those small steps in physical to show the change in physical, aka have the pop to then be able to burp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you have to action it in order for it to manifest out into the reality. 
So and laugh and giggle when you notice it. That's what the well, yeah, it doesn't have to be serious. Yeah. Oh my god, what so if like, we were laughing on Friday or what day was it about my couch? When about was that? Friday? Freaking out about the environment. Literally. So basically, the, here's I'm sorry, Scott. No, I know you okay. have something to say, but no, this no. is the story. It's funny. It's it's a good. So one. like control is mm-hmm. a layer. Hey, what's this podcast about, Carly? So <laughs> basically, I got a new couch and they shipped it, and it was just a really challenging experience for Carly to get this couch at my place. So they left it on my backyard in a box. I'm a single person. It's 200 pounds, big situation. My mom came and she helped me. We're taking off all the packaging and there's styrofoam everywhere, just everywhere in my backyard. And (laughs) there was nothing that my ego could pull on to make me mad except everybody, the environment. (laughs) I got so upset that this company sent me a couch that had been shipped because you know what? If they wouldn't have put it in the styrofoam, I would have been mad that it was chipped, right? Mm. Can't be happy either way. They put so much styrofoam that they are killing the environment, people. <laughs> and then Carly goes, since when the fuck have I ever cared about the environment? Literally. Like, love the environment, but, like, not top of mind for me mm-hmm. right now. And it was top of mind for me because there was nothing else for me to pull on. But you have to laugh. Yes. it was such a stupid thing to be. Like, I know people that are, like, up in arms about the environment aren't going to say it's a stupid thing. But for me in that moment, how I reacted. No, was, it's the ego was excuse. Not, yeah, it was yes. not warranted to the situation. Mm-hmm. And we were howling. <laughs> about it because I'm like reenacting it for Alexia but again that's how you that's growth and Alexia and Coco said to me the fact that you can laugh about that shows that's the, that's the proof those are the leaps and bounds that we don't realize when we're in it because when we're in it it does feel so do 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 oh I have a spin I'm doing the things to get out of the spin I'm mm-mm. and it feels so mundane right and it's it's bringing laughter and curiosity like Scott said that really helps us get out of it because when we can remove ourselves from it then we're able to see it even if it's from the microscope we're able to see it in a different lens that really helps us create that momentum well it's work but you have to it's something you should enjoy yeah right like if you're it's like life there's gonna be moments where it's sticky and there's gonna be moments where it's more fluid but if you notice when life is sticky and Mm -hmm. you can kind of laugh because it's kind of like a fucked up stupid moment (laughs) it kind of like makes that moment less sticky and you're more able to enjoy it and more able to be present because Mm -hmm. you're allowing things to get sticky yes so with that being said Avita say yeah checklist done checklist done checklist done um yeah, I feel like, you know, it's it's great that you guys were able to share this because there's a lot of people who operate the same way you do and it creates this rigidness and the stickiness when they are, you know, remembering more of who they are because they don't have anyone to really understand or break down their thought process. And we already feel fucking alone while we're doing this work. Mm-hmm. So to have somebody, you know, both of you explain it in a way where people are like, holy shit, this is me. This is how I think. This is my process. This is why I speak in metaphors. It just is going to click for people. Yeah. And like, just don't beat yourself up about it like how many times even on this podcast did I say I think and then corrected myself to I feel it's a process it's Mm -hmm. not gonna happen overnight you know you're still gonna do the ego things but it's the fact that you can then go back and be like ah I see xyz Mm -hmm. that is the work Mm -hmm. it's not like a switch goes off in your chest so conscious the next day exactly so are you a victim to it are you gonna be empowered by it 